Welcome to the Rainy Leadership Podcast, where we do a deep dive into company culture. Rainy is a car dealership located throughout South Georgia, and we are striving to be the best car company by first being the best care company. And one way that we do that is every week we meet and talk about company culture. Today, we're going to be diving into the book, Culture Rules by Mark Miller. If you're following along, we are starting on page 21. Today's episode is another two-parter with our general manager, Tommy McDonald. So let's dive in. But think about it. Um, so culture blindness, culture, um, culture blindness. Look at this first paragraph. One more potential reason to think deeply about culture. You and I may not have a good sense of what is really going on in our organization. Am I saying that you're out of touch? What's the next word? Probably. Probably. Why would he say that? 6,000 and something people that they survey. He already knows that a lot of times it's People are out of touch with reality. Does that include us? Probably. It's easy to get out of touch. We may not have a, sen- a, a good sense of what is really going, going on in our organization. Not all the time, anyway. Um, are we out of touch? Probably. Six, look at this. 67% of leaders would recommend their organization as a great place to work. However, now look up there. Only 27% of frontline associates would recommend it. So what's the difference, the, the gap difference there? 67% and 27%. How much of a difference is that? 40%. How could that be so different? Listen, we, we, have the, we have the incredible privilege of being able to come into this meeting every week. And listen, this, this is my favorite thing about working at Rainey, is coming to these clubs. Not standing up, listen, I... I just enjoy being a person sitting around the table learning and listening and growing and had no idea I'd ever be up here doing this. But listen, this company can get so engaged in just this that we think that this is, this is what's most important. This is important, but what's more important is that gap. And how do we get what we think of as a great... and down to the people that are working in the shop, down to the you know people that are even working for us, you know, in a just a cleanup mode. The truck drivers. How do you get that to them, where they would say where their percentage would be up at 67 and say, yeah, this is a great place to work. There's a disconnect, and Bob and I've talked about this. So how do we get how do we get the 27 percent up to the where everybody else is? It's not just going to happen. It's not, and if we become culturally blind and think it doesn't matter and, and our actions don't matter, then we will be the ones who um, pay the price for that. Um, I, uh, you know, we hired a gentleman to come on in the service department and it, it didn't work out. And uh, we were, um, kind of shocked when we plugged him in over there. This was back first year. How many times we interview him, Bob? Six? Several. Several times. Man, we asked all the right questions. You know, we went through all kinds of 
you know, I was throwing all kinds of stuff out there and, you know, and uh, plugged him in over there. And uh, he had culture blindness. All he wanted was authority, we found out. I mean, he wanted to, he wanted to get rid of me. <clears throat> I said, well, you're not going to, probably not going to do that. <laughs> uh, but he, listen, he wanted, listen, I, I don't know, I don't know what would have happened if we had really given him free reign. He probably would have fired half the people over there because he's culturally blind. And I, you can't, it's almost like you can't get people to see it sometimes. And I tried and I tried and I tried and I tried. And boy, it was heartbreaking. I mean, I, listen, I'm not saying this to tell you this, like that was tough. Um, I, I had several nights of just sleeplessness when I realized I was going to have to let, because listen, I wanted it to work. I'd have never plugged him in there. But it was going so bad sideways. And it, the only reason it lasted as long as it did is because I had to put a governor on him. I said, you don't let, you don't reprimand anybody for anything at any time. And that's the only reason it lasted as long as it did. And then he was mad at me. So the culture thing is important. Are people ever going to be perfect here? No. Goodness gracious, I am not. And Mike, are you perfect? No, I mean, you're pretty dang close, though. I mean, he is. I mean, I think if you got a, on a scale of 1 to 100, he's probably at 99. So maybe at 99.5. <laughs> so I embarrass him. I didn't mean to embarrass you, Mike. But, you know, uh, he, understands, he understands how to care for people and how important that is. Listen, Tessa, that's important for you over at Slappy, not just how you treat your customers, but how, to, how you treat the people that work there with you. You know, how you interact with them, that's, it's, it's important. Um, and um, I think of something that happened when, thank God for this guy right here. <laughs> I'm telling you. Now, who, who saw him first? I can't tell you that I did. Bob said, hey, there's this guy named John. <laughs> and so the conversations began. And one of the things that I learned about John is we were considering uh, plugging him in over here, and um, it's been fun, hasn't it? Been challenging too, though, right? <laughs> Have you learned anything? Uh, yeah. Okay. But he has a heart. He understands the cultural element. Let me tell you what he did. This is one of the coolest things. So I'm sorry, I'm not trying to embarrass you, but uh, so yeah, you're all. Listen, when you step in here, you could all be used as an illustration. Okay. So <laughs> he. Uh, he asked someone that was kind of helping out there at the recycling center to wash his truck. And uh, they washed his truck with, what was it they washed it with? Tire, tire shine. <laughs> <laughs> they washed his truck with tire shine. <laughs> that looks good in the short term, but then it turns into like a little film, I guess. You have to, you have to peel it off or you have to scrub it? Oh, it was on the window? Yeah, everything. So, tire shine. So, what I thought was interesting though, this is what's interesting. This is what's interesting. What did you do? I mean, how much was he, you going to pay him? Did you, did you have a pre- 15 bucks. Okay, did you pay him? I did. Okay. Um, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> did you say anything? I really can't. I mean, I think I had addressed, you know, like I pointed out. And look. <laughs> okay. Carlos, I think you got the tire shine on the floor. <laughs> okay. It's all right, man. I spent the next hour and a half. <laughs> he paid the guy for doing it, and then he went back and fixed it himself. That says, listen, you can't, would most people have responded that way? No. How do you respond when that waiter or waitress messes up your order? 
when you write, when you get to the end, I'm just asking now, asking for a friend. When you get to the end and there's this little line on your receipt and it says tip, when it says tip, what do you do? Draw a line. Okay. Okay. My parents uh, always tell me that you can tell a person's true character by how they treat the white staff. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a pretty good quote. I uh, can't remember if I, I can't know if I can get it right here. Um, you can tell the greatness of a man by the way that he treats little men. I can't remember who said that. Uh, was it Dale Gar Carnegie said that? Okay. Um, <clears throat> so that's true. The people that are serving you. <clears throat> Joey and I went to Red, how many of y'all ever been to Red Lobster? Listen, we used to love to go to Red Lobster. And uh, don't go that much anymore. But we went one time. I wasn't going to share this. Huh? Oh, it's closed here? Yes. Is it really? Okay. Dang, that breaks my heart. That's where Jody and I went on our first date. But anyway, <laughs> true story. So we went there, and uh, <clears throat> y'all bear with me. I wasn't going to share this story. This is free. Y'all don't have to pay extra for this. It's all free. So I, um, we went in there, and uh, we had to wait. This is back when it was really busy. It was really good. So we had to wait about an hour. We got in there and got seated. And I think it was an over an hour before we got our food. People that came in after us had already got their food, eaten, and left. I'm talking about not just one, two people, a lot of people. And when a waiter brought the ticket, he actually stood there, and I could read the body language. He thought I was going to say, isn't this going to be discounted or free? I did not say a word. And you know how much I tipped? Just guess. 20%. More than that. Huh? About 30. I tipped more than I would actually have, because that was back when what they was expected was 15, and so I think I doubled it. Now, am I saying that because I'm such a great guy? No. Was it the waiter's fault that my food didn't get there in time? He's not the one cooking it. I'm sure he turned the order. I didn't ask. Didn't he want to know? We were in um, Panama City Beach, Florida, <clears throat> a couple weeks ago. And we went to uh, uh, Captain Anderson's. I mean, I don't know where Captain Anderson's, really frou-frou kind of seafood restaurant, really nice. And so <clears throat> the guy that was waiting on our table was waiting on the table next to us. And right, I could see him. And um, I saw when he looked at the receipt after the couple that was there left, he did this. What do you think that meant? Yeah, it was probably, a, like you said, a line on there or a zero and maybe some words and I heard his trainer come up to him and say don't worry about it man they were just mad because they didn't get things done the way they want is that the way we should respond I think when people mess up that's when you need to show more grace I think when your waiter waiter or waitress when it takes twice as long and the food's not as good listen they know <laughs> They'll figure it out. What's it say about you if you just treat them the way everybody else treats them? So guess what I did for that guy that waited on them that I sensed that he didn't say anything to me. I just saw it. He didn't even know I saw it. So guess what I did with his tip? What our tip was going to be. Yeah, I did. I tipped for them too. I don't know how much they're, I didn't see their bill. There might have, it might have been, I don't know if they had a whole bunch of expensive bottles of wine, Thomas, or, but uh, they, uh, I don't know what it was. So I just kind of guesstimated, but I, but I did that. Now, why? 
if we're going to be different, we got to be different. <laughs> we can't just talk about it. Let's let it show up. Bob is that kind of a gracious person. I don't know. There's no telling what all he's given away. Um, but we can't become culturally blind. Now let me talk about the end game. In Monopoly, what's the end game? <clears throat> what's the end game? Park Place. How much? Park Place. Park Place, okay. All right. Yeah, put everybody else out of business. Okay. Yeah, you got everything. Or you got enough where, you know, maybe the only thing that other people are going to do is just end up in jail. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I haven't ever won the game of Monopoly. <clears throat> Have you ever played it till you actually won it? But, you know, in a, in a game, in chess, what's the last word, Thomas? You're a chess player, I understand. Is it checkmate? That's it. Yep. That means you're done. <laughs> the game is over. The game is over. What's the end game for us? Well, you know, this is not a finite game like Monopoly. The culture game is not a finite game. It's not just this time frame thing that will never end. I said this culture thing continues. Relationships continue. Interactions continue. As long as this business is in place, there will be a culture, whether it's good or bad. And it's going to outlive you, and it's going to outlive me, whether it's good or bad. It's going to last beyond us. What Bob has set up in place, listen, he's, he keeps reminding us that he's like, you know, got to a certain age now. And, um, and so, is it going to outlive him? You doggone straight it is. For decades, it's going to outlive him. And it'll outlive us too. So we've got to think about the end game because it's not finite. Relationships are an infinite game. Infinite games, the goal is to continue playing and continuously improve at playing the game. To continuously improve at playing the game. Um, Audrey, when you went to Vegas <clears throat> this last time, did you win? You won this time. What happened the previous time when you went with the company? You lost. That's kind of, ugh. Yeah. How much did you lose? Do you remember? $800. Candy, you're here too. <clears throat> Candy? Huh? How much, how much was it? What's that? You played hard. <laughs> we were over in Caesar's Palace and there was one little, it was one little game you played over there. We were fishing eating that restaurant and you said you won like 40 something off of a few dollars. And I said, that's probably the best the best ratio win you're going to get. You ought to just take it and quit right there. Do you remember me saying that? And uh, she kept playing. How much did you? <laughs> how much did you lose? Okay. So that's, that's painful, isn't it? Listen, what do you think? What do you think about this game that we're in, this culture game? What if we lose it? The state, yeah, the stakes are a lot higher. You know, we y'all said, I said, say you're all in and getting in here. You know, are you all in? You ought to be. Because what we do or don't do here is going to affect you. It's going to affect profitability, but it's going to affect your interactions every single day. It will, it will have an impact. We can't just pretend it is um, not important because it really, really is. Um, you know, I, I, got a, I got five whole minutes here. <clears throat> One of the things at the end is your move, so we'll talk about that in just a minute. But, and Bob, by the way, if you want to say anything here at the end, <clears throat> I want to give you that opportunity because you always gave me a chance to 
speak. Um, look at the last paragraph on page 30. <clears throat> it says, um, finally, don't be surprised if you find the work of building a high performance culture, one that's aligned, you know, and where we engage, it's in, in, um, but high performance culture. Notice this next, those next two words. What does that say? What did you say, Christy? Personally gratifying. Being engaged in this cultural building can be personally gratifying. Now, uh, I thought about something that happened, and I, I think I've shared this before. I can't remember if I've shared it with this group, but it was, uh, uh, when I came to the service center, John, not everybody was a big fan. You know, I didn't have people over there with pom-poms and, you know, say, "Woo, we're sure glad you're here. <clears throat> I actually had some people probably cheering that I'd get gone. They didn't, they didn't like me. I, didn't, I found this out later. I'm, I'm shocked when somebody doesn't like me. Aren't y'all kind of shocked? Somebody doesn't like you? You know, I was really shocked when I found this out later. And this particular technician, he was kind of rough around the edges. And he didn't like me at all. And I, listen, I don't know if he ever put anything on Facebook. I, he might have. But he sure didn't like me. And anyway, he ended up leaving. But then he wanted to come back. And so we had heavy-duty industrialized conversations about that transition to come back. <clears throat> and he did come back. And um, I remember, I can't remember how many months ago this has been. He said, I can't tell you the number of times he said, thank you for allowing me to come back. He's actually been in the How to Win Friends and Influence People book club, and he said, man, that Bob Rainey, man, I love him. Hey, listen, Bob used him as so many illustrations in that. I was thinking, he probably wanted to never come, but he told me after the, the thing was over, he said, man, I miss coming to the club. I actually kind of thought about inviting him to this, but, but he said something to me that, thinking about personal, personal gratification, and I never expected this. He said, you know, Mr. Tommy, he said, uh, he's, he's recruited other mechanics to, for our service over there. And um, he said, um, he said, everywhere I have ever worked, I hated to see the manager come up. I was like, really? Not knowing where this was going. <laughs> and he said, but honestly, I hate to see when you leave. Because my role had changed and so I wasn't over there as much. And I was like, really? Okay. I was kind of shocked. Oh, okay. <laughs> Give me a chance here to kind of digest that. And so I start, I, I remember driving around the building and I got over to the little road between service and sales there. And I remember just tears welling up in my eyes because I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I had no idea that what he just said to me was going to make that much of an impact. And you know, every time I call him now, I called him yesterday, or excuse me, he called me yesterday and I said, I'd, we'd sent a car over there. We needed some work done on it. It ended up in his, his bay, and he said, he was kind of telling me, but, but the first thing I said to him when he, when he rang, I said, hey, Alan, how are you today? He said, man, I am doing great. And I was like, okay. <laughs> kind of surprised, because when you see a call from a technician, you're thinking, I'm fixing to tell you about some stuff that you need to know about, you know, and I didn't know if it was going to be. But listen, his attitude has totally changed. You want me to tell you why? 
It wasn't because he went to another company and saw a good culture. He realized what he had here. He realized what was going on here and he wanted to be a part of it. And now he's being impacted by that. But guess what? He's impacting others by it. It is going over to other people. And that's what should happen. That's the end game is not that it just stops with us, but that it continues to bless and encourage and build other people. We are building something here. Listen, I used to be in the construction business, built some pretty cool looking buildings around Albany. But I can't think of a greater thing that we do than to build into people, to pour into people, encouraging words, you know, showing them grace when they even, when, even when they don't deserve it, when they've really, really, really messed up. That's what undeserved, grace is undeserved favor. It's not just this thing you say at the table, you know, thank you God for our food. It's showing them something that they don't deserve. And if we'll do that every day, if you just take one word from today, show grace or two words, show grace to people. Show grace, undeserved favor. That is what Bob Rainey has done his whole life. He's still doing it. He's still doing it. And the, our culture in this company is great. He cares, and now we care, and other people will care down the road. That's what's so cool about what we do. We hope as you listen to this podcast, it'll motivate your team, and you guys will play the game, as Mark Miller says in Culture Rules. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.